my question is... He got is, really fat, right? Why weren't there more abs in this story? They don't need to be abs. It's a book. Everybody, welcome to the first official podcast with guests for the Blood, Sweat, and Silver podcast, where we are discussing the Afterliving, book one of his Blood and Silver series, a book that I wrote. My name is Fernando Rivera, and my co-host is... Matt Steele. Matt's- I always forget you want me to like actually say my name instead of being like my co-host is Matt Steele and me being like hi. Well, no, this is the spark that you're you're Matt you're Steele. Hearing. Matt Steele. Matt Steele. We also have two other guests who are speaking to the uh, theme of LGBTQ content that comes out in the afterliving. Luis Selgas, who is a very very close personal friend of mine, and Luis has a huge wealth of knowledge to contribute to this conversation. A little background on him: he is originally from Caracas, Venezuela. And he graduated with a BA in film production from Loyola Marymount University. Um, he has starred in how many commercials is it now? A lot. A Thankfully, lot. I've been very lucky. He has one of the most impressive commercial um, careers I've ever encountered in Los Angeles. Um, he also has a movie coming out on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is called... Como Caído el Cielo. It's uh, about Pedro Infante. And he also has this uh, amazing movie that is currently in pre-production um, called Sorry Charlie, which is very much pertinent to the topic that we're uh, discussing today. We'll get into that a little bit later. And my other guest we have is Stephen Daniel Brunn. And Stephen Daniel Brunn, we met over a t-shirt, and it was magical. Um, he is an actor and content creator in, um, and advocate in the Haitian LGBTQ community. He's also an event coordinator, uh, coordinator for Moon Lakai LA, which is a Haitian community group out in Los Angeles. And he has also has an impressive resume um, with film and television and commercials, you could have seen him on Mindhunter or Lucifer, and he had a really awesome uh, role on Lucifer that he'll talk about a little later. Say hello, Stephen. Hey, 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 how's everyone doing? Everyone is great. So we are uh, here talking about the LGBTQ themes that uh, pop up in the afterliving. And Luis, tell me about uh, uh, the project that you're currently working on, Sorry Charlie, that is really uh, pertinent to what we're discussing. Uh, so I wrote a film several years ago because, you know, filmmaking's a process. It takes uh, a while. It does. Um, and it's called Sorry, Charlie. And it is a thriller um, with comedic elements to it in the vein of Scream. Uh, and what's really interesting is that uh, it's a small cast of characters, but they're all queer. And the more interesting part is that it's completely inconsequential to the story. So these are just characters who happen to be, you know, gay or part of the LGBTQ community, but it has nothing to do with the plot. Which is super important because I feel like a lot of things that are out in TV and film have a reason as to why you have a gay character or why they're gay. It's some kind of queer association with their existence, which is great about your film. Thank you. And it, it happens, you know, with, you know, the LGBTQ community. It happens with uh, African-American characters, with Hispanic characters, uh, all kinds of different. Like, there always has to be a reason if they're a minority for some reason, uh, as opposed to just being a character who happens to be something. that, And also not defined by that characteristic. Well, me personally, I'm gay for the attention. <laughs> so, <laughs> And you get it, baby. You get it all the <laughs> Thank time. Thank you so much. And, and the same thing uh, is very important that you ta- touched on the idea of uh, a character's ethnicity also has to do with their existence in a story. So it's really hard for actors to get work because they have to be justified in existing in a project because they look a certain way or because they come from a certain country. Yet sometimes it doesn't match up because we're all have we all have very different you know characteristics and looks that make us unique but don't fit into a mold 
that Hollywood is used to writing for. And you yourself, you, I mean, nobody can see, but Luis, you know, he has a very uh, Latino name. He's from Venezuela, but he does not look like your typical Venezuelan that would be cast on a television show. Right. I'm white, freckled, and ginger. Yes. With blue eyes. <laughs> with blue eyes. Like, it's like yin, yin, uh, yin and yang over here. He's like pale as all get out. Can we cuss? Yeah, you can cuss. Okay. Sure. He gets pale as fuck over here. Just sign and the waiver. Yes. Oh, yes, I'll sign it. <laughs> and uh, I am dark. <laughs> and uh, I, I wanted to touch on your um, project that you did with uh, Lucifer. You played a really interesting character. Oh, yes. I played a, uh, I played a drag queen. And um, you looked fabulous. Oh, did you I? You looked amazing. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. I love it because people take a lot of double takes, uh, do a lot of double takes when they see that. They're like, why does he sound so familiar? And then they realize it's me and they like geek out. And while we're talking about projects that we've been involved in that involve um, LGBT or the queer community, still your movie, Devos, that is coming out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but your main character is, he's gay. He's gay, yeah. He's gay. Mm -hmm. But it's never stated is it uh, it is stated for a brief period like literally like one sentence because it's alluded it's i know it's alluded to but it's like it has nothing to do with the entire you know the the, the musical theater aspect of the show it's just that's the character that stars in the in the show yeah totally and not, it's not really a directly referred to i mean there um there are there is a, a small theme of the movie that does sort of pertain to it um, but also there are other um, queer characters in the movie, and it's not referenced at all. Like we have a non-binary character, non-binary uh, non or uh, gender non-conforming. I would I would say more so. Um, one of the characters is, and it's literally just not referenced whatsoever. It's just that's the way this character is, mm -hmm. and so yeah. And you didn't have a character for me in the movie. I just want to point out that one of my best Damn. friends did not put me in <laughs> oh, his movie. Oh, I'm sorry. This movie was about young people. I could have ooh. played a coach or a, co a, a coach in a movie about musical theater. Or an there was intern. Be a coach. I could have been a villain. <laughs> he, okay. All he kept saying was, I could be the intern. I could be the intern. An intern at a school? Like, what's an intern at a school? They have you Teach for America. I could have, you know, been there for that. Fernando could no, have been the crossing guard. No, the, the <gasps> crossing guard. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, talking about shade. Let's move on to a new topic. Um, He'd be a great janitor, I must say. Oh wow! <laughs> you can only say that because you're also a minority. I'm gonna let you slip. <laughs> I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go with that one. Okay, so uh, yeah, so getting into the afterliving, um, which is based on the idea that Jesus Christ was the first vampire. I would want just want to jump in um, as being gay and a person in the queer community. We often have to choose our own families. Uh, how would you liken an afterliving fellowship? to a queer family of choice. Did you did I like come the across? pun there, the lichen. Lichen. <laughs> did you like that? Yeah. When I was thinking about the book or when I was reading the book, um, I saw a lot of, I kept thinking of Pose and I kept thinking of houses and, uh, you know, House of Evangelista and all that kind of stuff. Oh, just, I didn't think I, about that. Oh, and that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, right? And the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I was thinking about like, <laughs> just how fabulous and fun the book is. It's like, what's your patron name? You know? Oh, the yeah, the patron. Yes, 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 yes. And the um, the history with like patron names for me, like as far as I, I grew up uh, conservative, which is probably what the um, your fan base doesn't know. I'm uh, from a very Christian Baptist home, and uh, we used to have to like read our Bibles every night. Uh, and in there, there was always like the changes of names. But uh, when when you found Christ and when you decided to follow him, you know, your your names would change and it would be given by God or by um, your brethren. So when I would read that, um, I just think about how that how that's evolved and how important that is and, and how it could relate to like audience members, including myself. Um, 
as a gay person, like wanting to belong to a house and wanting to belong to something like great and powerful and 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 um, that is like beyond our our strength. Well, because so, you essentially become a new person. Yeah, you a know, completely be, new you, person, a person who's comfortable with yourself, and, yeah. and you know, you you finally feel like, oh, this is who I really am. So, does that match up with the name given to me at yeah. a time when I didn't know who I was? Yeah. And that's also, you know, touching into the, the whole idea of patron names, like in the after living, a patron name is, you know, the name of usually the saint that you choose that represents your journey into the after living. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I guess I, I never thought of it. And then you go back into pose because that's exactly what it is. You get those names. And you're like, this is who I am in the house of Avengers. Are you yeah. saying I ripped off pose? I'm not saying you ripped off pose. I'm saying you ripped they off the ripped Bible. They ripped off me. No. You, and then. Okay, you know what? Great, great art. Rape, steals, and pillage. Uh, I forget which <laughs> artist told me this, but yeah. yeah Probably yeah. one that's in jail. Probably. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think it was Emily Dickinson? I don't know. Oh, yeah. And to go, to go like even a little broader than the sort of like houses in pose, if we just talk about like stan culture, I find that like a lot of guy, uh, gay guys like have their diva that sort of like defines them. Mm. So it's like there's <laughs> like if you're a Katy Perry stan, like what kind of person are you? And like what's your special gift? <laughs> what, what's your power? You what's know? your talent? Ba- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like the, if, if or if the Katy Perry stands versus you know like the Janet Jackson stands like what what makes them different what makes them the similar you know everyone's sort of on the same team but like yeah. there's still like little battles within each other mm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's like oh no we're the better ones no darling. like a boost of morale you know what yeah. I mean to kind of do that I don't know if I'm jumping ahead that whole gay relationship that's going on with Gabriel I mean that is that is that comes up that's coming up next unless Luis or you I I did want to say um I mean just in general and this is something that's cool about you know vampire lore in general is just that kind of like you said like becoming comfortable with your true self and and evolving and 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 finding this new identity and you find that Manny has been struggling with this from the beginning Mm -hmm. um so you know the struggle is real <laughs> uh, and also i mean like it is something that everybody even outside the queer community obviously like the sense of belonging and um and finding that community that you really fit with and manny is obviously struggling with a choice which obviously being queer is not a choice but we do have a choice to accept ourselves and to really mm-hmm. uh you know become at peace and 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 really enjoy and grow as as individuals once you start to accept that unique and special part about yourself. Yeah, and that was also, I mean, the big a big choice that Manny had was to accept the afterliving because he was already born half disciple and half human. So he had that piece in him that, you know, if he were to water it, it would grow into something greater, or he could have chosen to stifle it. And so, you know, in a sense, yeah, he did choose to um, embrace the part that was already existing inside of himself that led him to become a greater thing, you know, or did it? You don't know because book right. two isn't out yet. And well, also, and on that note, I just want to say, like, spoilers, like, oh, I spoilers like, abound. Yeah, we, yeah. Okay, good. I should have said that in the like beginning. Three choices there, which is just so yeah. exciting to me. I yeah, mean, he can go to the demigods or become a demigod, or he can uh, demigod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and you're reading it and you're kind of just like, I don't know what he should choose. I feel like if I was Manny, I would just be like, I'm walking. Like, I'm getting out of here. Like, I don't. But then you would die of old age in uh, like well. two minutes. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. So then that, that leads us to the next part. So there's a fun discovery in chapter 26 when uh, Manny accompanies Gabriel, who's a disciple, um, to meet a close mate at a pub who ends up being the demigod, who is the leader of all the Lycanes, all the werewolves. Mm-hmm. 
So what is your opinion on their forbidden relationship? It's hot. Mm. Is it? <laughs> sure. I swear, but the forbidden fruit is just the tastiest of all. <laughs> I liken it. You I like, liken you it. Liken I it. liken it. Ugh. I and I and I relate to Gabriel because in Twilight, I was always more uh, attracted to the werewolves than the yeah. vampires, like by a million. Well, because they were always Taylor. like like jacked Native American, like these, you know, uh, yeah, the other one, <laughs> like, like gross. yeah, these exotic. And the men. vampires were just like skinny and like just like. <laughs> I'm so wavy. Listen, oh, no. oh, girl, glisten. listen. I don't care. <laughs> so, like, good for Gabriel. Well, again, because they were they were soulmates. They were Almas. You know, I I really wanted to make it aware that like it didn't matter which because they're they're essentially an interfaith couple. Like, and as the book unfolds, you realize the fact that they're an interfaith couple means way more than the fact that they are a gay couple, which I thought you know, was important to incorporate because they ended up being Almas, like soulmates. And so how, you know, twisted or maybe how clandestine is it that your soulmate is across enemy lines? So it's kind of one of those things where it's like you, you know, are you going to go against fate for the sake of, you know, conforming to everybody else? Or are you going to really just go for your own and take whatever flack you get or whatever acceptance comes your way. Well, but if someone's your Alma, if they're your soulmate, like, isn't that something that's sort of like predestined, like by God? Exactly. Is, is, that's like, was, so created. then what's the whole intention? Should they, so why is why would people be mad about it? But well, because they come from very different, because you have to realize like the more you're, you're, you're secluded from other, I guess, religions or from other being exposed to other people, the more firmly you are in your beliefs without, trying to change or just accept or grow and learn. Well, yeah, it but it sounds it, like ignorance to me. It really does. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's it's constantly with religion and everything, which is one of the things that got me heated when I was reading it is kind of the ignorance behind it of like, oh, my God, yet again, another war started because of religion. You know, mm -hmm. like, I got really salty about it thinking about that. Why? Jumping to the end of the book there? Huh? Like, towards the, the end, or just you mean? Uh, yeah, towards the end, but, I mean, ongoing, as far as what Nicholas explains, which um, I guess people can read to understand. Yeah. Part. Nicholas actually has the truth and the fact of how everything started. It's not a belief. It's actually well, it's, it's his it's his it's his point of view. So Nicholas is Judas, of course, yes. um, that you find out. So he has an account of his interactions with Christ. And so what he shows Manny, because he shows Manny's uh, part of his memory, is his actual interaction with Christ. But you're seeing his side because, of course, you know, in, in the book, Christ had another favorite, which was Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. And so he showed her a different part of himself. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that same, you know, which side is right, which is the key thing towards the entire end of the book. Um, but did you identify there was a third queer character in the book? Um, did you realize who it was or did they slip your slip your mind? I can't think of it right now. I seriously... I. I scoured and I, I couldn't find I couldn't find a hint. I'm like maybe Edith is a lesbian. I don't know. <laughs> is it, oh, that was, that was she's she's so cute. I Edith is my favorite character. I am, um, and she's 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 gorgeous oh, too. Edith is objectively the best. Objectively, like, anyone who disagrees is trash. Who doesn't love a crazy powerful woman? Like yeah, what? Absolutely. Like what character Scottish actress? Are, woman. What character actress are we going to get to play her in the miniseries? I, I totally um, see but Jessica Chastain somewhere. Jessica Chastain. No, she's she's too old. Uh, I'm oh too she's too old. young. She's yeah, too yeah, young. I was going to be like wait. <laughs> Jessica, I know you're listening. I'm so sorry, but no the uh, the the third the third queer character that will be expanded on later uh, in the book is um, Tom, which was the the cab driver. Oh, oh my gosh! 
You know what? That's the thing. I totally dismissed him too. I was like, it can't be him. Like, he's Why? Because he's a cab driver. No, exactly. Like, he's just a cab driver. Why would he be the one? I don't know. He's just a cab driver. The cab driver. But you know random what? Random cab actually, drivers aren't gay. That's pretty profound. <laughs> Planting no. seeds. Yeah. No. Planting the seeds. But right. no, he is. He is actually uh, a third queer character in the book who will get more. He becomes a bigger character in the second book. I'm actually very um, excited to see that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. So there's. So, but again, knowing that this book was written by a gay author, were you expecting more queer characters? I know you have, Steven. You're, you're you're shaking your head and sorry, you're, my you're, my head is bouncing a like a bobblehead right now. Uh huh. Um. Okay. Okay. Look, I guess I'm just gonna put it out there. Just put it. Just put it Jesus out there. Jesus Christ! I wanted that main character to be gay so bad. Really? I wanted him to be gay. Okay. You know, but at the same time, um, and we can discuss this too. Like the um, how many books would sell if it was, or what demographics that's would true. you get to? No, that's really true. You know, I'm I'm watching a TV show right now uh, called Raising Dion. And the child is is being raised as a superhero and trying to figure out how his powers work. But to be a black kid with superpowers, oh, I in saw this that tra- world, the trailer for it is the most adorable trailer <sighs> I've ever seen. Like it's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And um, how does re- how does this relate to my subject? Oh my gosh, I'm so ADHD. How you wanted the well, main character would, to be? If gay. it would sell. Yeah. I, if it would sell, that I that's what it was. Um, it's kind of like a gateway to open up to different subjects. The fact that it's a black kid with powers, mm-hmm. and then you can bring up how a black kid has to be raised in a world where they have to fear for their lives. A black mm-hmm. kid has to fear for their lives yeah. every day, whereas other kids don't. You know, Or I mean? he may have to tone down his abilities he to not to stand out abilities. and cause trouble. It's not It's not this idea of you're black, you got to tone down your personality. Like for me, I had a code switch growing up. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that's why I sound the way I do. So um, for for this, I was like, how, how would this open up to other people if the main person was gay? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But at the same time, I'm like, God. Dang it! I just like I, I I don't know. I wanted Lucy to turn out to be trans or something and be like I'm into it. You know I don't know. Like yeah. That See was I desire. I kind of always because I just picture Fernando as the main character, so I'm like oh well Manny like he's gay. Dabbles. He's he's gay. <laughs> but, adjacent. Like, because I just think of Fernando, so I'm like oh yeah he's gay, but like uh, yeah he loves Lucy too. <laughs> yeah, right. you know. Yeah. Like, but they're soulmates. Alma, guys. Like when you're an Alma, like nothing. There's nothing that's gonna be an obstacle. Right. Yeah, even yeah, if it is a word, maybe. Luis, any? Uh... I mean, I I definitely didn't. I don't because every character in your movie is is queer. Yes. So well, six out of seven. Yeah. Okay. Although yeah. I mean, the seventh one, she's crazy. She's yeah. <laughs> she's she's, not. she's special. She's uh, a gay icon. She's <laughs> a, yeah. She's a gay yeah, it's icon. A bunch yeah. of gays so she's and still an part icon. of the community. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, like, I feel like we do certainly have a you know an obligation to represent ourselves. At the same time, I think it's important to which you do obviously in your book to make sure that the characters that we do write aren't being written just for the sake of being, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So like for me the more important thing is that a character is there, there's a difference between a character being defined by a characteristic and informed by a characteristic. Mm-hmm. So if a character is gay, he or she shouldn't or I guess he wouldn't be defined by being gay, he would be informed by it because then you get into the whole whitewashing or hetero washing and like that's also not okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. So you want to be true to the character, but you also don't want to like I never want to write a character. I actually so the character of Donna in the original draft of Sorry Charlie, I didn't have a female character. And somebody was like, Oh, you don't you have didn't? any female I didn't. I never uh, read that one. No. So I didn't have the the f- character of Donna was written two days before the table read. Um, and somebody oh. pointed out that I didn't have any female characters and they're like, you, you need to have a female character. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to write a female character just for the sake of having a female character. 
Um, and then Donna was born out of necessity almost mm-hmm. like she she was a special spark that came out um and it wasn't because i needed a female character she just happened to you know be brought to life on the page and it's funny that you say that because edith um was a throwaway character that i just tossed in there because she was like great like she's scottish and she has a you know cool accent and then she's a kooky old woman and then she ended up being a very you know a, a favorite character of a lot of the people who have read it and again she is also turning into a bigger main character in the second book because you know i i don't want to i don't want to add too many new new characters i want to expand on the things that have already worked and and you know get deeper in there but you you said a you know you said the key word which is you know obligation um as a gay author like it's our obligation or maybe it's not to you know include more of that culture into the writing and that was also one thing that like i thought it's like well i don't want to make the main character gay just because I'm gay and I have to say something. Because as it is, I mean, I'm kind of doing that, making the main character, um, you know, half Mexican. So it's like, well, yeah, like I, like already there's like that part of me that is in there. And he's not half Mexican, half white. He's, well, I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask. He's half Mexican, half Italian. You end up finding out. So, um, you know, there was already like that part of me that I just felt was needed as far as representation goes. But in terms of making the main character gay, for some reason, the idea of him and you know, Lucy, who ends up being revealed as Mary Magdalene, his relationship with her had to be there, you know. And even though he doesn't change for her, he definitely has that in the back of his mind. And I just, honestly, I just, the optics of the Last Supper with Mary Magdalene at the right hand of Jesus and, like, the flowing red hair and then reading the Da Vinci Code and and seeing how much Mary Magdalene plays an important role in there, that really affected me to have her in the story and of course, bonding them in some kind of like a two thousand year old, you know, love relationship was really central to motivating the character. Even though that didn't completely, you know, make him change, like that was always there first. So I was like, okay, well, Manny's straight. Like it's like it, it wasn't. It just served the story more than it served myself to make him a straight character. And it's still mm-hmm. relatable. I mean, like, oh, yeah. obviously love oh, yeah. is universal. Mm-hmm. And like, as it's not like the members of the queer community can't go, you know, they're like, oh, they're straight. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> like, I mean, and here's the thing. Sure enough, yeah, like we've like, been, we get it. Well, also, it's around I mean, us all everywhere. We get it, guys. Yeah. Exactly. Straight, straight <laughs> y'all exist. Like, you don't have to rub it in our faces. Exactly. And I mean, like we, you know, we've been watching you know, straight love stories for a long time. And yes, it is time for our stories to be told as well. But for me, it's like, it's, it's that kind of like fine line of like, yes, represent ourselves, but like, let's also do it properly. Like, let's not Mm -hmm. do it just for the sake of like, let's throw that in there. Like, let's actually do it in a way that we're, that it's not a stereotype, that it's not, you know, just serving some, you know, quota. It's like, let's be authentic with our stories. Um, because and, we also like yeah. have the, I mean, even, you know, quotas when we do our work, because it's like, okay, are there enough Latino characters? Are there enough females? Are there enough, you know, characters that are minorities that aren't my minority in there? Like, I, I mean, I definitely feel that too. Like I would love to make every character, a, you know, Latino, but it's like, no, that this story takes place in Brighton, which is nowhere near, mm-hmm. you know, Latin American countries. It's, it's just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and well, but also the thing is, like, you wrote this book about a straight character through a queer perspective. It, it, that's naturally, like, infused in the writing regardless. It's and, a different perspective. So. And I, I don't know if maybe, like, just because, I mean, I grew up, I'm big mama's boy. Like, you know, mom can do no wrong. Yeah. Ride or die. Mm-hmm. So I definitely wanted 
to have that in the story because a lot of the stuff that he does, like he goes on this journey solely for to comfort his mom, who mm -hmm. is, you know, mourning over the death of his father. Mm -hmm. I have to throw that. She's one of my favorite characters. The mom. Yeah. yeah. I, too, am a mama's boy. So she's like, my mom. Yeah. She's a, yeah. Minerva is, is Aidanela. Like that's, yeah. that's her. Yeah. Um, and she's and also when I was doing the audiobook, you know, I was so just channeling my mom whenever I was reading for her, like her cadence of speech and how she just like, dr you know, dramatizes the most simple of words like that is my mom my mom is a syncopath yeah like, you were definitely you know, having fun with oh her. i had so much fun with See, her. i mean i have a bias because i know you so like mm -hmm. listening to the audiobook or even reading the book i'm like and if you met my mom you're it. like that's yeah. her yeah <laughs> crazy i guess the the love story is not you know between wolfgang and gabriel it's not present in the story as much as like the the love story between manny and lucy but it definitely is the root of one of the biggest climax or yeah, one of the biggest climaxes in the book, which is the invasion of St. Nicholas when, mm. you know, the Lycanes pretty much descend on the baptism yeah. that Manny has finally really decided that he wants to go on. Did you think the bigger villain was, you know, Wolfgang and his eye for an eye mentality in terms of like um, revenge over Gabriel's death? Or was it the disciples and their disregard for Gabriel's passing because he was involved with somebody that he should not have been involved with? I mean, you definitely, there's an element of you that roots for Wolfgang in that part. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm during that whole scene. Like I'm a little bit team Wolfgang. Are you? Oh yeah. Uh, also because I, I, we're at a point in the book where I don't also still don't think that Manny has explored uh, enough of the afterlife. <laughs> his sexuality. <laughs> no, 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 not his sexuality. Get out of here. No, but like, oh, uh, I, I think he, I think he made his decision a little quickly. So okay, uh, are you judging me or are you judging Manny? Because I feel like you judge Manny. me for a lot of things that I do prematurely. No, I'm judging Manny. Okay, okay, oh, good. Wow. So oh, we well, don't I mean, have to get into it. If, if we want to get it, if we want to get into this, <laughs> no. then turn the microphone <laughs> the up. Podcast, okay, like, no, I'm actually uh, going to turn your trim down a little bit. There we go. No, so I, I, when Wolfgang comes in, I'm kind of just like, oh, good. Let, uh, <laughs> let, let Manny just like explore his options and and see other people's sides here. Okay. At this point. So I'm, I'm, I kind of like it when that happens. Well, I think that makes good writing. I mean, when you can actually see both sides and you can actually, you know, kind of put yourself in the, in, in all the character shoes, whether they're presented as an antagonist or a protagonist, I think, you know, I forget what the actual quote is, so I'm going to mess this up, but it, it's like until the, the whole history thing, like history is written from the point of view of the victor. So, mm -hmm. you know, we only really know one side to yeah. a, a degree. So that's what, oh, and that's what makes an interesting villain too. Somebody who like actually isn't just like a quirky, like caricature of like, I'm a bad guy and it's so clear I'm a bad guy. <laughs> like the most interesting villains have a perspective that even a part of it, like Thanos, for example, mm -hmm. like there's a part of me that goes, you know, like I see where he's coming from. Mm. Like we do have overpopulation. We do have a lot of stuff. And like, and you know, like, yes, it, like a wiping out half the population would make sense to a degree, but then it's like, well, if I'm going to do that, then I should only do the bad guys. But it's like, who am I to judge the bad guys? So his response was just to do a random 50%. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's justified or right. I'm just saying you're that not just lying genocide. Of course not. No. <laughs> but I, if you think about it, like from his perspective, he had a very it, though, clear defined yeah. point of view. Mm -hmm. So I think to your question, you you should be able to kind of like look at both and be um, conflicted just as Manny is conflicted because you are also in the point of view of the main character. And Wolfgang was also able to set aside a lot of his like 
duty to his, you know, <laughs> <Duty>. to, <laughs> to the larger community um, because he was giving his, you know, his, I guess, his loyalty to his alma, to his love. And that that would I, I thought like you know I I thought that the only times that you really saw Wolfgang as being humane um, was when he was you know around Gabriel or he was remembering him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so interesting because Wolfgang is seen as like such a villain, but then you see him in a like the gay bar in like a setting where he is like <laughs> in the mad dog in, in, yeah, in the right? mad dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's like totally comfortable, and it's like oh no, he's just like with his boyfriend, and like they're kind of just like a normal couple like it's not like this person against this person can i say something here real quick uh, i think uh matt you just brought up a really good point it's that when you see wolfgang in the gay bar and all of a sudden you realize like oh he's queer almost immediately and this might be a different experience i would imagine so for somebody who's not in the queer community like almost you feel a connection to him because he's like you so it there's, I think, m- having made those characters gay and that character in particular mm-hmm. um, humanizes him a lot more, uh, which is just, you know, expanding on, on the point you just made. It's just like him being queer. It's just like an immediate connection to that character. And I think is a is um, really great. I was thinking about it earlier, uh, your topic about like why Manny couldn't be gay or why he, you know, mm-hmm. just naturally became straight. It was it was important for the story. Um, there wasn't like a for me, it didn't feel like an agenda. You know, it was very genuine, which is one of the things I've always hated in, in certain stereotypical stories or films or whatnot is that they just put it out there because like, OK, he has to be gay. He has mm-hmm. to be this person. He has to be that, like you were saying. Earlier. And he has to be likable. He has to be likable. He has to be whatever, you know, and that always drove me crazy. It's like, why can't this person just so happen to be, you know what I mean? And that's the way it felt like for him. He was in love with someone who just so happened to be a man. It was what was over all of that was uh, what's the important subject was the interfaith. That was the part that really, you know, stuck out to me. What made me relate to them was that they were gay. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, yeah, this is exactly, you know, what I need to hear right now, which I think is is more um, evangelical than than most anything else. You mean I devangelical? Think. Devangelical, of course I would do that. Yes. <laughs> you know, that takes us to like the next couple, which is, uh, I guess, the ultimate couple, which is Manny and Lucy in the book. Um, so in like a chapter 33, we discover that Lucy is the first apostle who was sired by Jesus. So that makes her more than what 2000 years old. Um, but yet even in the after living, she still has not received the credit that she, what are you going to say? Louise? I was going to say cougar status. Cougar, but like cougar that, yeah. status. It's like grandma cougar status. I'm sorry, but yeah. you realize that she did like. Saber tooth. Saber tooth. <laughs> <laughs> she bred him. I'm sorry. What? Have you ever heard of that term? Were they yeah, we have, them? but why are you why are you <laughs> saying it on my Where podcast? Is this going? So there's there's this thing with um, this is a really I guess strange subject to bring up uh, with um, <laughs> with celebrities or like big time filmmakers or people like R. Kelly. They will take in. I know this is the, exactly why are you using this example because this is this is kind of like what I thought of when I saw Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she. She took care of him growing up. She became young again, too, to be by his side. Mm-hmm. She, and I think I'm almost certain that's what the term is called. Um, these celebrities will oh, take in these young artists and prepare them for when they are of age to love them. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it brought up that subject to me of like, well, what does this mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> this, this is opening up a can what's, of worms. What's, right that, what's that term? Um, and uh, I'm so removed from like that. I didn't think about that because I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's all because of the political climate that we're in okay. right now that I would think. Otherwise, I would have been like, oh, she's in love. Like, that's <laughs> it. No, there's a term for it. It's, um, 
Oh God! Uh, right? It's just, apparently bread. No, do no, not. It's, I, it's not bread. <laughs> do not desecrate this relationship. But, I will kill you all. Okay, uh, pedigree. It's, it's, um, an, it's an animal term when you like train an animal, but Peter Pettigrew. Pedigree. Um. <laughs> Oh, it, oh, it's I mean, something. I Google it. You can I Google I that. I don't know how to Google that. Let's, yeah. let's break for commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. Everything about <laughs> breeding. Um, yeah. Um, anyway. So what I was going to get into. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Purina. Okay. Well, let's move yeah. on to the next thing. Let's move so forward. So as I was saying before Luis <laughs> you. derailed before the conversation. Talking I derailed about breeding. the conversation. Uh, no. Yeah. I didn't bring up breeding. Yeah. The cougar status. Oh, sorry. That's what did it. So I was saying, you know, Mary Magdalene has still not received the credit that she is due how much do you think gender roles shape religion in the after living and outside the after living oh my gosh as an episode that is entirely being spoken about uh, to uh, by men by men uh, i yeah. feel like we have every We're gonna right mansplain. <laughs> to oh you know what let it. me strike that question we're done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving on. You're right. I'm like, you know what? See, but here's the thing. Even, even as you know, being gay, Latino, a minority in the industry or whatever, like, there's still things that like I could not even touch on writing in the book. That was one thing that was a concern for me. Is that you know, still doing as much as I can to address different you know minority groups uh, or people who don't get enough screen time in the media. I still overlook things. Yeah, I mean, again, and this goes back to the whole, like, writing characters, you know, for yes or reason, and it's kind of like this gray area because you want to be respectful and mindful and, and try to write, you know, diversely, but at the same time, like, your point of view, like, I don't feel comfortable writing, you know, a character that I'm not really familiar with. Like, I don't have that voice, and I want to be, you know, uh, fair and, um, and really do do that character justice um and uh, on the other side there's you know people who are like write what you know mm-hmm. like you know what you're most familiar with especially when you're starting out like in our careers like you want to write what you know you want to write what's close to you what you feel comfortable um and i think as long as you're doing your due diligence and you do keep that open mind and and you're which i think we all are um i think you're doing fine and then you can move forward and then if you want to write female characters and i think it's important to get the perspective of somebody female like yeah you know make sure that it's like hey how do you feel about this character mm-hmm. you know what do you do you feel like it's authentic or is it just a female character written by a man's voice um and same goes for you know different ethnicities and and sexualities gender identities all that kind of stuff which is the problem that we have with a lot of like things that we audition for because it's like okay great this is like i love that you made you know this character but at the same time like where is this coming from because the dialogue that they're saying is pretty stereotypical or where they're coming from is is maybe how you know this character in your life but it's not how i know this character in my life and so that always like i mean and steven you, the short film that you did uh what was it called um the endowment the endowment oh, yeah like that is you know ta- uh, that's uh has to do with uh, with something in the haitian culture or yeah. is that um oh wow you know what that's it's so funny that i completely forgot to even mention that on the yeah <laughs> sorry um, <clears throat> a great short film that you produced and wrote, and it was yeah, it was a great short film that I produced and wrote and, and directed and all that kind of stuff. And it really does it's it's an example of writing what you know. Which every time I hear about that, I get a little sentimental because mm-hmm. it's actually something that I was I was taught to go against is not to write what you know. And I was taught that by a bad teacher. Um, <laughs> and uh, so when I was able to do that, it's very much about something closely related to like. Um, 
Haitian culture, the subject of uh, even depression and also the idea of, of like what faith or lack thereof can do to someone, you know, um, I guess a retraining, if you will. So mm -hmm. it's, it's very much about that. Because I know you wrote from the lens of, you know, somebody coming from your culture and, yeah. and, you know, that informed how your story came out. And it was great. Like, I mean, it was nothing like you wrote something that I never could have written. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was it was well, enticing. in a sense, I feel like maybe you could have when it comes to like write what you know, it's like write what you are very passionate and study very hard about and you get mm -hmm. a full scope of. So with that being said, I feel like you could do that. And I think it's very important to if you are going to write um about something outside of your representation, you better study mm. up on that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think something that's like a fun exercise. I think something that's like a fun exercise um, regarding write what you know is like write what you know and then utilize things that you don't know into what you know. Like with Devos, I wrote about mus high school musical theater worlds and everything, but then I put in characters that didn't fit into that world to explore how they would sort of react to that world, you know? Um, so that's sort of like a fun exercise. Um, Wasn't a thing, character you know? I could play, though. So oh, I'm yeah, gonna, no. I, I'm I just going to say. Bringing it right back. Bringing it right back to find, me. Couldn't find one. Um, so, uh, so there was a question um, that was given to me on social media uh, from Dean um, saying that uh, he loves the, the whole gay werewolf and, and gay dynamic, and will there be a, a gay witch or warlock? And, of course, you know the witches are called conduits in the story. Um, they'll get other names in the, the second conduits. book. Uh, and so, uh, of course, I'm going to expand on that world or that sect and culture in the next book. And I definitely would love to put some more um, characters. But again, it has to serve the purpose of the story. It can't just be like, yeah, this is like, you know, this is the the, the lesbian witch. Yeah. We're just going to, you know. To go along with that, I, I like found I had a, a bit of a problem with Devo's um, because I want to make a Michael Bay. Movie. I, 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 well, <laughs> I specifically wanted it to be about boys in their high school musical, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of a queer theme in itself because I took a, a topic that was so that's so attached to female dynamics or feminine dynamics and have it be all males. Um, and so I sort of ran into a little bit of a problem. Some girls who read the script were like, oh, well, there aren't enough female characters. And I'm just like, well, yeah, because it's specifically about the dynamics between boys in a, a, a feminine setting and everything, mm -hmm. you know. So so as as long as it still fits in your vision, that's mm -hmm. what's important. I the, feel. Yeah, like the story yeah. is the most important part. Yeah, of Yeah, like I, the story's not there, then the characters. Yeah, you can't change the the vision of the story just to sort of fit. Check off a box. Check off a box. Yeah, you know, art isn't science. I mean, like we can't, you know, go. That's what I don't like about some movies. They just feel like formulas, and then you mm -hmm. lose art. So, art should involve all these things you know mindfulness uh inclusivity uh you know diversity and all these things um but then if you go if you do it if you go about it the wrong way then you risk losing the authenticity not just of the project but of the characters and the whole point of having that representation in the first place okay so we're getting towards the end of the uh podcast and i have some rapid fire questions that i want to ask you guys oh shit okay here we go Luis, your fantasy fellowship. Who is your sire? Who would be your saved? Who would be your Alma? I mean, you just said that Wolfgang and Gabriel are super hot, so they're there. <laughs> like, okay, so which yeah. one? Which one's which? 
Oh, we're doing characters from the book, not like people in real life. Uh, oh, <laughs> I mean, I would say characters. I, I would say people from real life, but you oh. said characters from the book. So. <laughs> I thought we were doing characters from the book. the book. No, uh, yeah. real life. Oh, real life. Oh, god. Um, um, Mark Ruffalo. If he would be your s- sire. Or what save? is it, sire? Say sire okay, saves uh, probably you. sire. Okay, daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, daddy. And exactly. then saved. Oh God. Um, oh. I don't know. I, I'm not like, I just think younger and you I'm not really seeing younger guys. You could save your sister, you know? Oh, like, it, it doesn't have it's to be sexual. sexual. Oh, no. that's true. Oh, you're the ones who took it sexual. Wow. The Alma is the only one that really has to be, you know, I guess. You know what? He oh, romantic. Yeah. I don't know. You say sire and I'm like, yes. Yes, sire. All right. Yeah, I would save my sister that's and then Alma. <laughs> Alma. I haven't met my Alma yet. <gasps> okay. Ooh. That's that's good. You haven't you haven't seen him yet. Yeah. Or her. You never know. You never know what the sire wants for you. never know. That's true. Okay, Steven. Oh shoot. Um okay. My sire would have to be Oh god, that's a hard decision. I sort of would want it to be Nicholas. Okay. Um uh <laughs> you only want Judas to be your sire. I know that's kind of bad, right? Okay. No, I, I think it's because of his sense of determination and the fact that you can acquire that sort of thing. Like his his Okay, rapid questions. Let's go. These are oh, that's rapid right. questions. Right. Come rapid on. Questions. He didn't think about that at all. I think <laughs> I it's didn't... a sense of, de- of determination. <laughs> <Whatever>. just... <laughs> okay, okay. Off of my head. Sire Obama. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, sire me, Obama. Anyway, uh saved. Uh who would I want to save? Uh my sister Michelle. And then uh, Alma would be, um, God, that's a tough one too. Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <sighs> my heart. Oh my God. Yes, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> I don't know why I'm in love with it right now, but I am. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, it's conflicting, but sure. <laughs> and, and then you'd be the first man. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> uh, you, do you want to oh save it for for? I'll Steel. do it. What okay, you, go. Uh, wait, are, is this a rapid fire question you're doing on every podcast? Every podcast. Oh, okay. I'll do it now. Um, so my Alma is myself because Dang, no one funny. can love you like you can love yourself. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I feel like my mom would get mad if I didn't pick like my brother as my save because she'd be like, why didn't you save your brother? He should live forever too. So like, I guess my brother. Um, and um, uh, my sire would be Beyonce. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, and then uh, last question. Given the choice, disciple, lycane, or conduit? Which one ages best? I mean, disciples can age up and down however many times they want to. Okay, probably disciple then. But you never know. A conduit could have the power to make themselves younger. It might be. You might find that out later. Okay, well, with the knowledge (laughs) that I have right now... (laughs) Youth is important. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Steven. I've always been into wolves and bears, so lycane. Lycane? Okay. Yeah. Um, I would be a conduit. <laughs> of course yeah. you would. I'd be, right? I, I, I'd, I'd be a conduit or a, <laughs> a lycane would just... be my second choice. Okay, and okay. just just for solidarity there, uh, lycane, disciple, or a conduit. Me? Fernando, yeah. <gasps> oh. Yeah. But he knows more. I mean, so, I mean, that's... The one that I, the one that I choose isn't even on this list. That oh. one will be introduced in oh. the next. Wait, wait. I wish Demon was one of those choices. That probably <laughs> would be Damon. Girl, there are no demons in the book. Damon. Oh, Damon. Damon. Oh, okay. Yeah, you said Sorry. Demon. I know. So wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Demon. Damon. I want to be a Demon. The worst. I feel like, I a, da- I feel like a Damon's worst. like dangerous because like people are like trying to grab at you. They're just like... Uh, I'm desired all over it. Uh, I feel like <laughs> it's like so much pressure. I would, just pu- I would just pull Gabriel and be a, a disciple who dates a lichen. There we go. Ooh, <laughs> and I like on it. that note, 
thank you guys for coming in. Uh, again, this is uh, Luis Selkas, uh, Stephen Daniel Brunn, and my co-host Matt Steele, and I'm Fernando Rivera. The book is The Afterliving, his Blood and Silver series, book one, available on Amazon, and there will be more spoilers to come in the next episodes. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you. Yes, read the book, read the book. Grooming. It's just in. We discovered what that word was. That it's is not bread. It's, it's grooming. grooming. And I just wanted to be noted that Matt Steele. Matt Steele. Forty-five yeah. minutes later, I was, I was legitimately. It was on the tip of my tongue the whole time, and I was just like, "You Jesus actually, Christ. you actually did a good, good thing at, at one point or something." Yeah. Like it's like a uh, okay. The podcast is over. Bye, Lucy. Groom. No, she did groom. not groom him, she but that is what Stephen thinks. Kind of felt like she yeah, did. So. She didn't, Stephen. Yeah.